Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon is going to jump on board. In fact, he's already whispering in the background as he and I are going to have a conversation about how the coronavirus, COVID-19, is impacting the country. And also, what are some parallels that we can make from the COVID-19 pandemic to our own personal lives and be inspired to live a life that is beyond the rut? So sit back and relax, unless you're driving. In that case, why aren't you practicing social distancing right now? As Brandon and I... Yeah, get home, but keep listening to us uh, because Brandon and I are going to have a conversation about uh, COVID-19, the hysteria that it's caused, and some of the lessons we can learn on a a metaphoric level to our own lives. And uh, so, Brandon, how are you doing? That's what you get for trying to use a big word like metaphorical. You couldn't do it either, (laughs) so take that. (laughs) So you're in Corpus Christi, Texas. I am, uh, as of 11.59 p.m., Tonight, going to be on lockdown. The city of Dallas has said that they'd like everybody to shelter in place. Um, of course, I work for an organization that's considered an essential business. I work for a healthcare system. Uh, so I'm still going to work tomorrow and the day after that and so on. It's just got to be an extrovert and stay bottled up in my home as safely as possible while you're in Corpus. How are you? <laughs> I'm wandering around the streets, high-fiving people, hugging my neighbors. Oh, boy. Uh, it's French Kiss Tuesday tomorrow, so be sure and go out and uh, you know do French Kiss Tuesday. And this, my friends, is the day that Brandon started his decline to death. <laughs> uh, As oh we discuss the role of the Chinese Wuhan virus, or wait, that's racist. I'm not really sure. I think sometimes we get so caught up in the name of things, we miss the point. Of other things. Oh, well, I mean, it was named after the city where it was predominant. So, yeah. Well, it's kind of like a lockdown or a shelter in place. I've heard discussions about this over the last few days. It's like, well, what technically is that? It's like, well, bottom line is wash your hands and stay home. If you can (laughs) have little contact with other people and wash your hands. That's basically what we're saying. Yeah. We're not pro or against. We're just saying, do what your grandmother taught you. Wash your hands and leave people alone for a little bit. And like really wash your hands. 20 seconds, <laughs> yeah. scrubbing them with soap and water. Not the splash them. I've seen people do this in corporate settings. I've seen them at conferences where they just kind of like run water over their hands for like a split second, turn off the okay. water, shake their hands and then get a paper towel and go. And I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, if anything, you just watered the germs. That's it. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but I mean, if you take the time to like lather up your palms, the backs of your hands, get each of the fingers on both hands and then, you know, kind of scratch your palms, both palms with your fingernails, uh, you're getting underneath your fingernails that way. You've pretty much done a 20 second hand washing uh, with whether or not you're singing your favorite 20 second song. Because what I've learned is people who sing like happy birthday, they sing fast. And then they wash their hands. They think I'm done. But uh, when I worked at a previous location, it turns out you wound up washing your hands for about seven or eight seconds. But I I sing happy birthday. It's like, yeah, you you sing it at 180 beats per minute. Not 
not the way normal people sing it. You know what I noticed recently? We got the Quip toothbrush and it's got a little timer in it. It vibrates and it's really a great company. We don't get paid to advertise them, obviously, but we're cool at it if they want to. But it every 30 seconds will kind of stop and then start again to remind you to move to a different quadrant of your mouth. Um, and when you get a quip toothbrush, you realize you have not brushed your teeth anywhere close to two minutes before in like history. <laughs> at the first few times I'm just like, I probably brush my teeth two minutes a week. This is crazy. This is taking forever. And I can say I've, I've been uh, behind Jerry waiting to wash my hands and he does practice what he preaches. He does wash his hands like this, but m- you're right. Most people don't. And I obviously don't go to the girl's bathroom, but in the guy's bathroom, a lot of guys do that. They like splash water, grab the towel and go. If they do that, some don't even do that. Like, yes. Hey, that's true. bud, where you going? <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of disclaimers, because you were talking about the toothbrush and you made a disclaimer, we're not sponsored by them. I do have to put a disclaimer in this one. Uh, so the opinions expressed in this episode are my own and do not represent Methodist Health System in any way, shape or form. Uh, so if you have something um, against something I've said, just email me at uh, gbrandonc at gmail.com and we'll totally you know, respond to that uh, or be on the rut at gmail.com. Either of those um, we'll, we'll get or you to can go to our website, the stuff we don't care about.com and <laughs> you know, just file it there. Uh, no, if, if you know, if you email beyond the rut, dot, uh, beyond the rut.com beyond the rut <laughs> at gmail.com um, at least I'll tell Brandon to respond. No, uh, but go. I'll read it and I'll tell them what to say. There we go. How's that? <laughs> we'll, we'll say something in response. <laughs> something. And, and to me, the, the the reason we wanted to come on and, and really put an episode out about this, I know it's real popular and kind of the thing everybody's talking about, especially the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But uh, there's a lot of bad information out there, too. So you got to be careful about what you're listening to and and who's saying what for a lot of reasons. You don't want to panic mm-hmm. or you don't want to ignore things that are really important. You want to make sure you're getting some really good information. So uh, filter that kind of stuff. I'm not yeah. saying what we're saying is going to be 100% accurate, but it's our opinion and we may be wrong, but there is a lot of information flowing at the same time. And that's why I always try to boil it down. I obviously have five kids with spouses and kids and stuff. So we've, we've kind of just told them, A, stay home as much as you can and wash your hands. Those are the real key things that can take you out of the equation for this. Now, what Jerry and I really wanted to talk about was what's the result of this, this virus and uh, economic change and, and some of the things that, that are affecting everybody. Well, and we started this podcast because we wanted to encourage people to get out of their rut and, and make their own path. What's great about a virus. And I know there's not a lot of things great about it, but a moment like this causes people to be really creative and entrepreneurs can be incredibly creative because they, they need to make money. You know, you need to keep your business going or your family fed or, you know, whatever it is. And so you start to look around and think, how can I still make my life work in these circumstances? And the reason this kind of hit me the other day was because I was sitting there talking to somebody and they like, well, if this happens and this happens, then I'm going to do this. And I said, here's the problem. You're waiting for perfect circumstances that are never going to exist, but they didn't exist two months ago either. Before this whole virus thing kind of took over everything, you still weren't doing it. So you've got to build with what you have where you're at. 
and quit waiting for the perfect circumstances. Yeah. Um, that's something that's interesting about crises and emergencies is that you'll see some folks that just sort of like clam up and they're waiting for somebody else to take charge, somebody else to lead the way. And then you have those that say, you know what? I now understand the circumstances. Things are rough. In fact, you know, if I'm a restaurant owner, uh, I've just been ordered by my city to not have anybody dine inside my restaurant. But the way I make my money is by selling food to people who sit in my restaurant. So they remove the equation of people sitting in my restaurant, but I can still sell food. So what are the creative ways I can sell food? And you had mentioned this during the the pre-show discussion that some restaurants are actually selling the ingredients because because people are becoming fear stricken and starting to hoard a little bit. So like, you know, the, the toilet paper crisis of 2020, who would have thought that that was a thing, but it apparently is a thing in certain places Um, or eggs right now. Like my wife uh, went a week trying to just find a a store that sold eggs. And I'm starting to see it here in Dallas as well. Now, if you don't know, my, my family stayed in Corpus Christi. I'm here in Dallas uh, until we, we bridged the gap where my daughter graduates high school. So that's the side story. Uh, But the actual story here is that, you know, people are running low, like grocery stores are running out of eggs. And I heard that there are some restaurants that are actually uh, selling the extra eggs they've got. You know, they, they're taking these supply runs in, but they, they aren't outputting as much menu items. So rather than let the, these food items go bad they're, and they're hearing about these shortages, they're selling the extra ingredients off to their customers. So that, that's a great creative thing to do. It's so awesome because you, you're trying to do a few things in a situation like this. You you need to be able to maintain your, your customer base. Obviously, you want people to still think favorably about your restaurant or whatever, but you also need to keep your supply chains going. One of the problems with everything being made in China and then this virus hitting China first is it totally disrupted our supply chains. So, the restaurant figured out if I keep that truck coming every other day or once a week or whatever it comes, if I stay on that schedule, I'm going to have a bunch of food I can't use, but I want to keep that truck coming. So a, a restaurant down here, a few of them have done it, but one in particular that we've, we've gone to a lot, bar, the Bar and Grill here in Flower Bluff, go check it out. It's great. They've been putting together these boxes. You could get you know, 10 pounds of hamburger meat or 16 eggs or whatever it is that how it comes to them, they're basically selling it to you. So they buy it wholesale. They probably mark it up a little bit, which is fair. They got to keep the lights on and stuff. And, And then they're helping the community because they're slowing the rate at which we're buying everything from HEB and then their shelves are down. And so people can't get anything. So they're, they're taking some of that pressure off of the supply chain, but they're also leaving a incredible impression on the community because we're looking at them like a really great establishment because of what they've chosen to do. Now, they do have a sister restaurant that's a little further into town, Mudbugs, also awesome. You should go there. They're doing kind of the same thing, but they're packing lunches for people who can't afford uh, lunch, you know, because all the schools are closed. There are some kids that aren't eating. I know a lot of the schools are providing lunches and stuff like that, but they're providing some for uh, hospital workers and the and that front line that first responder that's out there taking care of the rest of us. They're putting together these little lunch bags. I love that food trucks are everywhere because they don't have dine-in options. They can still operate and uh, just can't have a bunch of people congregating around your truck and stuff. But another aspect of this that you and I were talking about is the fact that yesterday, well, when you hear this, 
it could be Tuesday or it could be two years from now. But on the prior Sunday to this was the first Sunday that basically all churches in America and businesses have been told to not let anybody kind of congregate that's more than 10 people. And so that almost kills church, you would think. But we all had to scramble, even though some of us were doing online. Now it has to be exclusively online. And as most of us know, unless somebody's fallen off a trampoline or, you know, getting kicked or falling on a skateboard or something, you're not going to watch a video for very long. So it has to be appealing. It has to be something that can catch you and connect you with other people because most people are all at home alone watching the church service. So this past Sunday, we basically broke the internet, you know, YouTube yeah. and Venmo and all of those. Vin, Vin, what is it? Venmo. V-E-N-M-O. We yeah. talking about the money exchanging? No, the the video one. Oh, Vimeo, V-I-M-E-O. Vimeo, yeah. Uh, all these massive, and Facebook <laughs> Live and everything, all these massive companies were overwhelmed by the number of people that got online Sunday morning at nine o'clock to watch church because they'd never experienced it before. In the history of this country, that had never happened before. And so it caused a lot of people to get creative in how they did church, including us, even though we'd been doing it for a while it needed some tweaking in order to work in this environment because now everybody's doing it. And I love it because it gives people a way to still connect without feeling like I can't go to church for like six weeks or two months or whatever it is. It, it created a new avenue of people to reach other people for Christ. And you know, that that's just been extraordinary. It's really neat how emergencies and crises create necessity and through, through that necessity, people get creative and they start meeting the need that they notice. Maybe it's a need they have themselves. Maybe it's a need they see somebody who they love going through and struggling with. But it's almost like these creative uh, creative uh, moments and um, helpful moments come out of this, this born necessity because of COVID-19. Uh, whether it was done so that people can maintain profitability or just out of altruistic helping one fellow human being. Uh, it's just really neat to see those things and hearing those stories come forward. Right. And, you know, they say necessity is the mother of invention because yeah. how many times have you seen something like on Shark Tank or whatever and thought, oh, I, I came up with that idea. I thought of that, you know, a year ago or 10 years ago or whatever. The difference is you didn't do anything with it. Somebody else did something with it, even if it was, you know, tying a piece of string together and coming up with the concept. Unless you act on that, then that's really all it is. And right now, throughout the whole world, there's a, a question of whether we're overreacting or underreacting. And, you know, you've got your group that says, hey, I should be able to do whatever I want, wherever I want. And nobody can tell me not to leave my house. And then you've got your group that they may not leave their house again for five years. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, and they're wearing tin gloves everywhere they go. It's somewhere in the middle is sanity. But out of all those situations, that the people that really want to build something that lasts for a long time and changes our generation and the next generation are those people that look at this situation and say, how can I make this better when it happens again? Because it will happen again. Something similar will happen again. The history tells us that, you know, the same thing happens over and over again. It may be called something different. It may look different, but it's going to be similar and it's going to cause people either some sort of physical, you know, restriction or, you know, 
financial restriction or whatever it is. When we were talking about 2008, when the financial crisis hit America, uh, there were a lot of people that had to get really creative because they lost their job. So you had to get creative on how you support your family and, and feed yourself. And that's when a lot of businesses were started. And from 2020 on, you know, I think we'll look back in 2030 or 2028, somewhere in like in that range of all these things that started out of some mom, some dad, some guy that was just standing around and goes, I can make this better. I can change the system for the better. And that's really what we're all about at Beyond the Rut is getting people to see those kind of moments where you can act, not just come up with it. And, you know, in 10 years, go, hey, Jerry, I came up with that idea. Remember that? And it's like, yeah, but you didn't do anything with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You bring up an interesting thing, too, that there are those who respond to this pandemic by rising to the occasion, meeting the needs of others, whether it was, again, a creative, profitable business idea or just simply helping those in in a very creative, resourceful way. But then you got the opposite side. You got those who respond to this pandemic with fear, with hoarding, with keeping themselves inside their homes, wanting to stay safe. And you you almost see the allegory to life itself. Like the, the essence of this show, Beyond the Rut, has always been about get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the safety that you think is inside that comfort zone. Because what's really happening is you're dwindling away and you're missing all these opportunities. However, if you get out of that perceived sense of safety and you take a risk towards that goal or that vision you've got on your heart, then what you find yourself doing is if you plug is they plug into that day after day after day and you're making forward progress, you're building momentum, even in the tough times, especially in the tough times, then you come out on top, you come out successful, you come out. And I'm not talking just like financial success. Maybe it's career success. Maybe it's family success. Any type of success that you want in your life comes from you having a vision for yourself and plodding along day after day after day. And then when you're hit with those obstacles, you find those creative solutions to get past them, to help others get past them rather than saying, you know what? I got burned once. I'm never, I'm never going out there again. In fact, speaking of burns, Cody burns, the guy who got burned all over his body from a car wreck. He could have just stayed home where it's safe and never get in a car again. He's actually one of the, you know, he's on the motivational speaking circuit, inspiring people to go after, after their dreams. So, um, yeah, that was my rant. (laughs) <laughs> but it's so true. It's a, I mean, we all have these excuses. Well, you know, I've got young kids or I've got older kids in college or my wife is this or my husband is that or whatever. And it's like, okay, there's a pandemic. Everything's, you know, essentially kind of down or bad right now. And it's it's kind of a negative a- attitude around the world right now to some extent. Obviously, I don't buy into that because I try never to be that negative. But you could look at it as here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity for me to get healthy in my spiritual life, my physical life, my financial life, my relationships, my work, whatever it is. Maybe you work at a a mid-level job and you've always wanted to move up into senior management. This is your opportunity. Look around your business for opportunities to make your boss's life easier. We talk about this all the time. Take things off of his plate or her plate and, and make her life easier. That's how you move up. This is the opportunity when a lot of people are sitting around scared, like you were saying, they, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to chance anything. You really don't have anything to lose. You know, that's the great thing about some of the stories you've heard on past episodes of people getting fired or, you know, their wife left them or they were in a major car accident like Cody. And they're like, I had nowhere to go but up. So I went ahead and just went for it. 
Well, you have that opportunity right now to go for it and not worry about what if things got bad? Well, I don't know. What's worse than a worldwide pandemic? I mean, (laughs) we're kind of there now, you know, depending on where you're at in the world, this, this is a big deal and it's kind of bringing everything to a screeching halt. So how can you do things that will move the needle forward for you? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Yeah. Now, please don't take our conversation as permission to ignore uh, you know, shelter-in-place requests and orders. Uh, and if you have somebody who you're living with or is part of your circle who is immunocompromised, maybe they're elderly and you're a young buck who has a strong immune system, you know, like don't, me. You know, don't be carrying coronavirus to, to each other in the name of, well, Brandon and Jerry said, I need to get out of my <laughs> comfort zone. It's like, yeah. well, you know, don't put others at risk in that sense, you know, unnecessarily. Uh, so that's my little side disclaimer there. Um, but what, what some- I love about that disclaimer too, is if you're sheltering in place, you got time, you can read those yeah. books, you can watch those videos, you can learn that language or programming or whatever it is, do it now. Yeah. In fact, um, I was talking with some folks the other day about, you know, what, what about those folks who have to take some administrative leave because they're showing signs and symptoms of coronavirus. And I thought, you know, that's a great time to grow themselves. You know, if, there's only so much work they could do from home. Yeah. That's a great time to build into yourself. And maybe, maybe you're not sick, but you just had to stay home and kind of be quarantined from everybody. You know, you can flip channels and kind of, you know, just not do anything with that time or you can, you know, grow, uh, pour into yourself in some way, shape or form, get some exercise. If, you know, if you can do that. Um, what I heard a lot of people are doing too is going back and listening to every efforts every episode of Beyond the Rut just to gain all of that knowledge that maybe yeah. they've forgotten over the last few years. And you know, I just want to point out that while I had trouble saying the word metaphorically, <laughs> you couldn't say episode just now. So there we that go. East Texas tongue gets <laughs> in my mouth. I'm like, move. <laughs> uh, now from this conversation, what are some practical steps like of you know, facing a crisis and then making the most of it. What are, what are some things that we can do to keep our heads, for example? Well, I think one thing you have to do is for the most part, turn off the news. You know, the, the, there's things you need to know, but you can get your news pretty quickly and pretty easily on, you know, Twitter or maybe just watching a few minutes of the news to get the major headlines or whatever, and then move past it. You know, if if you're not the president, if you're not in charge of some hospital, if you're not the mayor or the governor or something, then you probably don't have to deal with a lot of this stuff. You just need to do what they're telling you. So take your world and shrink it down a little bit. Make make it to where you're not necessarily selfish and that you don't care about anybody else, 
but you're only going to focus on what you can handle right now, what you can deal with. You can improve your relationships with your kids, with your spouse, with yourself, with your God, with, you know, all kinds of things. If you start focusing on yourself, you know, you've said, if I had time, this is what I would do. If I had time, I would read this or work on that or build this. Go for it. Time to do that. The key is to really get all that noise off of your plate because you don't need to know every, you know, positive test of coronavirus. You don't need to know where it's at. You don't need to know every new little press conference idea that comes out. You just need to focus where you can focus. It's almost like you need to strip down all the information you're receiving just to the facts. You know, what, what is it I know? What is it I don't need to know? And uh, what is just fluff? And when you think about the 24-hour media cycle or the news media cycle specifically, um, they're in the business of selling advertising. And, right. you know, they're, they're trying to peddle you news for 24 hours straight. Yet at the same time, when it comes to facts, I mean, they got to wait. It's going to be hours before they get more information. Right. So the way they fill the, the hours before you get more information is they start bringing in people to share their opinion, to share their emotion, uh, to share how they feel about something. And, <laughs> you know, the, the ones you get you know, brought back in aren't the most intellectual or the most knowledgeable people. They tend to be the most amped up, passionate, you know, get the ratings up kind of people that, you know, talk about fire and brimstone. We're all going to die, you know, sell (laughs) off your first channel for all the toilet paper you can get, you know, (laughs) that we're still not clear on where that started, but somebody mentioned it. So the world went after it. Yeah. like like, If you've ever watched the news and somebody's like, well, this, there was this fire and the fire department just got here and uh, you know, they're, they're trying to put the fire out. We still have no cause of the fire yet. And it always cracks me up because I'm like, well, of course you don't have a call. They just got there to put it out. How would they have done an investigation yet? Yeah. They, you know, but they're like, uh, we're speculating it could have been this, this, or this. But again, the firemen just got here. So we don't really know anything. Yeah. And, and so that, that's probably the first step is really sort out the information you're receiving. What is fact? What is the fluff, the emotional fluff that's just getting me amped up and getting me riled up? Uh, and then from there, kind of assess your situation. You know, what is it you want to get accomplished? And, you know, what are the steps that are really just extra steps you don't have to take? So really getting to the core of what's most important. Maybe it's like Brandon said, getting to know your family uh, on a deeper level. Maybe it's picking up a new skill while you're at home. Uh, maybe it's, you know, hey, I'm going to exercise more. Let me turn off the TV or let me put on a, a fitness you know, video and, and work out to it, uh, whatever it is, you got time now. Uh, what else could people do to take advantage of some of the lessons that we're learning from COVID-19? Well, I think one of the really big lessons is, you know, make, make some sort of determination of how many other people determine what you can and cannot do every day. You know, there's so many people that are upset because a restaurant is scaling back or their company is letting people laying people off because they weren't ready for this. They weren't ready for any kind of interruption to their normal financial path. Start to list that out. How can I change it to where, you know, what happens in ABC company doesn't necessarily mean I don't have a paycheck. It doesn't mean that I can't make my electric bill. How do I change my life to be more in control of it? And what happens? I'm not so reliant on uh, what every other company does around me. And this is really something I think our comp- our country as a whole is learning is 
we were too dependent on manufacturing in China. And, you know, regardless of where you are politically, we all agree that, you know, having other people control whether we get things determines our happiness sometimes. You know, I, I really want this from Amazon overnight. Well, guess what? You can't get it because it's made in another country that can't ship things right now. And so, you know, you got to understand your world. How many other people are in charge of where I go and what I do and my happiness? And for some of us, it may be just a job. It may be that I go into this job every day and my boss determines my attitude because I let him or my kid does, or my neighbor does, because I'm letting them determine my attitude and start trying to find a way to, to make that decision yourself rather than hand that over to somebody else. All right. Uh, any final words before we wrap it up? Two and six. Those would be my final numbers. Uh, they don't really mean anything, but I like to throw things out there like that. One thing I would say is, you know, along with cutting out the news and and making your own plan, build your own path, is just accept the fact that this is where we're at. We're very blessed. We're very, you know, incredibly blessed to live where we live with what we have. And chances are, and maybe this isn't you, and if it's not, don't worry about it, but chances are you have a little bit more capacity than somebody else does. Try to share that. Tip a little. If you get a, to go somewhere where somebody's working, tip them a little bit. Say hi to the guys in the grocery store that are working so hard. Be really nice to the cashier that's checking you out and, and putting all your uh, groceries in the bag. Be nice. You know, say, I appreciate you. Understand there's a lot of people in hospitals, nurses, doctors, researchers, nurses, aides, and janitors and everything else that are working through all of this. And they're in an environment where they could very well get sick and take that home to their family. So they've got a little extra dose of stress. So take that little extra capacity you have and spread that to somebody else. Let them know how much you appreciate what they're doing. Because the firemen, the police officers, security, hospital people, they're all on duty right now. Regardless of what the president or the mayor or the governor says, they're still there to take care of us. And we need to appreciate that, hopefully now more than ever before. Yeah, a little expression of gratitude goes a long way. And you never know who you're impacting with it. All right. Well, Brandon, I think we had a great episode here and uh, you, you probably gave somebody two of their winning numbers on the lottery, two and six. <laughs> two and um, six. Who knows? Maybe add in a 26, a 34, um, a 32 while you're at it, maybe a 44. And if you win, uh, just give us a piece of it because, you know, that's your way of saying thank you and showing gratitude. I don't know. Or donate it to charity yeah. or buy <laughs> toilet paper for somebody, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> There you go. Send everybody a roll of toilet paper. (laughs) Now, if you liked everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out our show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 214. This was episode 214. There you'll find links to the cdc.gov website for the COVID-19 virus. In fact, I'll just say it here. It is cdc.gov slash COVID-19. We'll also put in a couple of episodes that tie into making the most out of a crisis or a, a low point. And we mentioned gratitude, so I'm going to put in some uh, episodes in uh, about the happiness advantage and the power of gratitude as well. Uh, we're so Yeah, and we're so glad you joined us this week, and uh, we hope you join us again next week as we have another conversation about getting beyond the rut. And uh, until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care.
You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash cap show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.